Good evening, friend, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. And we have a special guest in the studio, our good buddy, Chris Borland. Hey, Yo. Chris. Hello. Chris. <laughs> I'm here. Chris is our, Chris is, we, also known as the uh, alias Captain Chris. Yep. Special buddy with air code. Captain, Captain Greg Kinnear from the USS Christopher Pike. That's that's me. <laughs> Tesla. Keenar is, uh, is the thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Keenar. How was everybody's weekend? Uh, rainy on Saturday here. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. I think we got that here I, too. Got a little bit. Yeah. I did a little bit of toddlers, toddlers and tiara with uh, uh, my grandkids. So that was something interesting. It was yes, it was very interesting. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just smooth over that one and just, say just leave it at that. It, we'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that. Um, and I don't know what, what did you guys do on the rainy? Was it raining up there up north all weekend? Yep, yep. I uh, went it over to the snowed house. yesterday. We got. Sorry. We got some snow in the air uh, Saturday evening, I think. Um, but I went over to the house and uh, painted some trim. Nothing too exciting, um, but making making slow progress over there. Is that is that what the kids call it these days? Going to the house to paint some trim. Paint some trim, yeah. That's right, a, right. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I that's was, right. Uh, I was working from home, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> one step closer to coming back to Bloomington. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> every every day is it's one more coat to paint. It's like, yep, yeah, one more coat to Bloomington. Uh, so what'd you do this weekend, Chris? Uh, just hung out at home. I think I, I just did a lot of uh, combine stuff. So, Hey, speaking of combine, so listen to someone who's not listening. People are sitting there with their... The radio one. What what is this combine thing that you're talking about? Uh, well, it's a conference we've been putting on since 2010, and it's an entrepreneur conference. So we 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 try to support all kinds of entrepreneurs, but it really kind of was focused around a lot of tech because there's a lot of us that put it on are in the tech community. But but we have a lot of different people involved with it. I mean, Cook uh, Cook Medicals involved helping us put it on every year, and so it's a uh, it's pretty fun. We have some big speakers come in and talk. We've had Jimmy Wales. We've had um, trying to think of some Wikipedia. Other big ones. Jimmy Wales. Yeah, Wikipedia. Jimmy Wales of Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just dropping names, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, Jimmy. We were out lunch last Jimmy. week, and he showed up to our show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but we've had some big names come come in, and uh, and we my, we always have fa- really my, good speakers. My favorite podcaster, Merlin Mann, spoke like the second yeah. or third year. I think that's how I yeah. had, how I did. met him. We, yeah. I, d- I did not realize that. We've had uh, um, the, uh, we've had Max come and talk about you know Cards Against Humanity. He's mm-hmm. coming back to talk. Max yeah, and uh, and we've had uh, just some really great talks. People I had never even heard of that you know our buddy Trotsky knows and has drank or smoked with or something you know, but he knows them all. He knows everybody, and he's had sure. some really great people uh, come in and, and speak. And this is going to be another another year like that so it's so be so what what's good. our what's what's the line before we talk about the eggs we talk before the talk about the lineup what is what is a it it takes place over what three four days something like that two days yeah it typically starts on thursday and we start with the uh, ignite which is this five minute talk thing that that's about uh, just really it's about the community we it, people give five minute talks uh and then then on friday we do workshops and we have speakers and then saturday we do speakers 
and we typically end with just a party or something, but this year we're going to do field trips. So there's field trips all around the city uh, in different veins um, where people can go off to Blooming Labs and build something or go off and learn how to cook or, you know, so there's just all these ways to people get, uh, uh, understand Bloomington better. Nice. So who do, who do we have this year? Who's our, who's our, for our speakers at least, cause there's, there's a lot of things between the speakers that you guys do there, but the highlights are definitely the people who come and give talks and everybody gets to listen and, and learn a little bit about their experiences. What's a couple that we have this year? Well, I, I think that I've been actually talking to them tonight, getting their travel arrangements at the last second done, but, um, they're called the cyber code twins mm-hmm. and, uh, and they actually run around the country and they um, sign up for hackathons and they typically win it. So it's these uh, two women who've been doing this for years now and they just go nice. in and everybody like, oh, who are they? And then they just, you know, they win it. So uh, nice. So they're going to come talk about about their stuff. We have some local people talking about, you know, capital because because it's about startups and entrepreneurship. So we we try to get all all five of the we call them the C's in. So it's creativity, capital, culture, code, and community. And so, nice, you know, well said. Yeah. So <laughs> cyber, so the cyber code twins are of course code. And then we have Aaron Gillum, who's about uh, capital. So he, he actually helps fund funds. So a fund is something that will go and invest in a company and his group actually invests in the fund that invests in the company. So they got lots well, of money. He's, he's um, the man behind the man. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> but, but then we have, uh, there's a few of them that I, I don't know well, and I usually get surprised by, you know, who they're going to talk about. So, uh, Cara DeFries is a, a director of UX. She was a director of UX for Obama, the Obama white house. And, uh, we're having Max Yoder come back. who was a CEO of Lessonly. Uh, he was a great speaker. Oh, we had yeah, this guy's, he's, he's a good speaker. I, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really good. And he's passionate. Um, and then we have this guy named, and I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, I'm sure, but Mike Rhoda. Um, he actually, he's a designer, but he also takes notes by sketching. And what's interesting, we put paper on the tables. We have this, we've done this for the last couple of years and people will draw during the talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got some impressive drawings from, from, <laughs> from people. Uh, Not of mine, but yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. My, my spouse has several of them. She is, uh. Crazy about that stuff. Yeah. So, so he's going to come talk about how you do that. So nice. I think, I think I have a feeling that any of the ones that look like elongated shapes that were probably Dennis's, they were mm-hmm. very good. Long, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. With two, two spherical at things. At the yeah, 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 yeah. Those are probably Dennis's if you see any of those. Yeah. And those this year, our, our, our buddy, uh, Katie Burge is actually going to be our, our, uh, uh, MC. Thank MC. you. Yeah. Nice. MC. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it it's, be fun. It's, a, it's always a good time. I know that that I've gone for uh, the last several years, um, and it's always it's always there's always a surprising guest, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get up there and like, oh, that's you know, that's something I did not see as interesting, and then they just come out and they just talk for a while. And often I don't know I like the the interview type type stuff where they have conversations and things kind of grow out of that. Trotsky's yeah, had uh, several different conversations. fireside yeah. chats. I think they they call them. Right. Yeah, those, those are always good. It's it's always kind of a challenge for me to describe what this is. I mean, if I'm talking to my family, it's generally enough for me to say uh, my friends in Bloomington put out a conference and I go down there and it's partly for the conference and partly just an excuse to come down and hang out now that I've moved away. But uh, 
the first year I sort of was involved in organization a little bit. I went to meetings and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. was involved I think a little that's where bit we first in, the, met. Yeah. in the badge badge ticketing. Really? That's, yeah. That's funny. It wasn't. I know that it sort of grew out of um, startup weekend when uh, yeah. I was still I was still working for Trotsky back then. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I always have the. The last four years, maybe, maybe heck, maybe six years, I've uh, I've gone and it's during the workday, so I go during work, and it, because of that, one of the C's that creativity, um, I get to use it for an inspirational conference type thing. Going, going, and mm-hmm. and my work likes me to go and and, ha- and maintain you know creative thoughts and expression and and learning those kind of things. So that that's what uh, when I go, I get to to you know pay attention to those and then report back on on what I, what I gained from that. Yeah, for Which has me, been pretty good. I know we used to do um and some of this sort of comes and goes. We used to do more code focused stuff which is the most relevant to my uh career and profession professional abilities. Um but I've definitely had um sessions over the years that were just inspiring as kind of a kind of a tired word um mm-hmm. but like when merlin spoke uh the the things that he said the way that he thought about things and described them really resonated with me um i remember a guy he was head of something for like a grocery store chain or something up in michigan i think oh I say, yeah detroit area um, um and even though i'm sure there were you know things that he believed in that i disagreed with Ari, Ari Weinswig. Yeah, the way that he, um, you know, described his business and his and his vision and his processes, like all of that was really uh, impactful for me. And it's, you know, if you're if you're kind of person who watches a lot of TED talks and stuff, maybe that's nothing new. Maybe you do that all the time. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm generally not one of those people. I, you know, so I get whatever I do get, I get out of listening to podcasts. But uh um, well, some some of these are also very. I mean, it's it's great because it has a local thing about it. It's like for sure. we're in a Bloomington, Indiana, of all places, and we're having, you know, people talk about larger tech or entrepreneurship type things in this environment. Yeah, definitely right? a a big part of it that I that I always see is the just celebration of everything amazing that's going on in Bloomington all the time. That people, you know, if they're not sometimes you can even if you do live there. You, you just don't know like what's going on um right. i i came to town a few months ago and uh you guys did a, one of those ignite uh presentations and there was a guy talking about um esports and i'm like i know about esports how did i not know that there were these guys these iu students you know hosting esports mm-hmm. i mean they're doing a game that i don't care that much about so that's probably why but uh yeah, there's just it's not a Blizzard game though. <laughs> it's it's not it's, it's <laughs> Smash Brothers, which is gives me a uh, headache to play or watch. It's not a real game. Yeah. <laughs> Mike doesn't like it either. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it. It's been pretty amazing over the years. We've had some speakers I thought were going to be just out of this world who were kind of eh, mm-hmm. and then we've had some people I thought like oh, this is going to be boring, and it would just you know killer. And it's kind of what Ignite's always been for me. I mean I've been through twenty of those now, and it's just like the same kind of thing. You just you really can't judge a book by its cover. You've just got to go and watch them all and yeah, figure out. Yeah. Cause I thought Ari was going to be boring. Ari Weinswick, the one you were talking about, mm-hmm. 
I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he, yeah, I mean, I was like, I, I, I agree with you. I thought that was a great talk. That was really cool and interesting about this small little, you know, um, like you know, grocery store butchers. Yeah, yeah. Butcher grocery store kind of, you know, sandwich. I mean, it was ever, all these things, but mm-hmm. just the way that they did everything was, it was amazing. So, yeah. So, so let's talk about you, Chris, like how, how did you get involved with the combine? Like what was your start with it all? What was my start with it all? Uh, I think it was just being part of the community. And, and when, when Trotsky got it all started, um, I got pulled in to be a part of Humanetrics, which is the, the nonprofit that um, runs it. And, uh, and I'd been friends with the guy who owned Humanetrics for a lot of years. And he knew I was in tech. And because of Startup Weekend and all of those things, we just all got pulled together. Uh, people I didn't know very well, like I, you know, I had barely met and like Trotsky, I only met like through uh, Twitter at the time during startup weekend. Cause I didn't get to go to startup weekend. I was like pulled away to some family thing. So I was living through Twitter on it. Um, and, but then That's right after you, you don't, yeah. you're recording this man. You don't want to tell people that, <laughs> that Twitter is a thing. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you know, like it used to, be but better. I got, yeah, you see that. <laughs> but I got pulled into to it for that, and then we just got like thirty people together and said, "Hey, we're going to do this." And you know, it was it was pretty epic. We raised more money that year than we ever have since, like ninety thousand bucks or something to to put it on. And we did, and we spent it all, unfortunately. But um, since then, we've gotten much better at that. Um, but Wait, yeah, you, we, you speak, speak, you said raise for charity. Speak about that a little bit for you. So the you nonprofit? The, the nonprofit part of it. Yeah. So, so we have a nonprofit and it's called Humanetrics Foundation. And its goal is to uh, support technologists to further, you know, them to become better technologists. So we, we, what we, what we took that and we kind of morphed it a little bit. And so what it does is it supports these events around town. So it supports a combine, it supports Ignite. Uh, support startup mic night which is you know a, a monthly thing where startups can come and pitch their ideas and connect with other people uh who it nice. which is is uh, hoosier women in tech so it's a mm-hmm. it's a group that got a grant to actually support uh, uh women getting together and seeing other women who are uh who are successful in tech and you know supporting students and stuff like that it is, is humanetrics just a, a local here in bloomington thing yeah or it's do they, just they a local up? thing yeah humanetrics just local and uh and uh, just a group of there's 11 of us on the board um and i would say 60 percent of us are involved in almost everything <laughs> so we're helping nice. put on every one of the events to make sure that sounds, it happens so. sure sounds sounds very like uh community supportive and a, a good positive thing that not a lot of communities have is these kind of you know organizations that support other people i mean it's what it is it's right it's yeah. not like your own agenda you're just creating a fostering a uh, an environment of you know support and creativity that's, for these kind of subjects that, that's that's exactly what they're about i mean the combine you know it's about growing tech here now does it help me sure i mean it does help me in a little bit but it's a, it's a small amount right so if i can help to grow the tech community or entrepreneur you know center here in bloomington it draws more people in and then that creates more you know uh more energy for everybody in, involved but it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to win, but it does, it does make the environment better. It gives me a better chance at, at, at actually having a, having a successful built business. So it's that grow, growing a community makes everyone better, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It takes it. In, in yeah, I won't say. It. 
<laughs> it takes a it takes a, a, a small community? town that has a university paying footing the bill for everything. There you go. Right? No. <laughs> and a big and a big medical you know company. Yeah, that, yeah. company that's that's in there at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Well, it, it's I, I know I'm looking forward to it coming up. Um, Dennis is coming into town. Yep. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Which is which is you know a rare thing. Dennis ever comes to Bloomington, which actually is becoming less rare now that yeah, I know. It's time. like uh, oh, it's you again. You know, it's yeah, right, coming right. like, kind of that. We always say he's coming back, but he's here about you know. Would you say you're here at least twelve times a year? That puts you once a month. Uh, that that's probably a generous estimate. I mean, it happens that this time. I am uh, I'm staying longer than I normally do because the weekend after this weekend, which will be a week from the time this airs, um, is the season premiere premiere of the final season of Game of Thrones. And Trotsky, oh, Trotsky's you, are you hanging big, for that? Yeah, Trotsky's okay. throwing a big Game of Thrones game party. I don't. I think I'm going to try and avoid getting sucked into the eight hour game of thrones game no but, i want to play <laughs> i'm i'm in it yeah i want oh, to you play guys it was fun it, so i'm yeah I'm, I'm in it i'm probably stuck in that but uh <laughs> just like twilight imperium yeah, for just the like, first like ti back at uh, dibs, dibs on the targaryens anyway <laughs> but by, by the way did chris did you were you aware that uh i think it's been he's denied you three times i think dennis has blamed you three times for him getting in that twilight last twilight imperium game yeah yes it's good <laughs> it's like i wasn't gonna play but then chris, chris got in. yeah i know well that because that's what pete said to me he's like he's like dense you want to play ti and i'm like uh no you guys no. you guys are good you gotta you gotta know he's like yeah but what if chris plays and i'm like <laughs> oh, okay fine <laughs> you're the man thanks so, thanks for being there it would i i don't know i think i would have like i don't think it would have been as fun i i had so. i had fun with that i you know, yeah drank yeah, a lot i did too i remember watching weird music videos that zon was playing on the on mike's tvs but and y'all and y'all let me win it's true, it's true. <laughs> you did win that's right that's what i heard you won hey uh so uh chris you um you're our captain for Klingons and Dragons. What's what's your what's your history with Star Trek? Are you an old school Star Trek guy, uh, or oh, are, yeah. did you are you not a Star Trek guy at all? Oh no, I'm old school. Yeah, I, I watched it as soon as I, I I probably watched it. I mean, it came out in the '60s, right? So I, I was born in the mid '60s. So I'm really okay. Um, so I, I didn't start watching it until the '70s at some point. So it was already in reruns, and there were only what three seasons, right? Yep, but man, yep. as soon as I saw it, I, I was, I was in love with science fiction, you know, like it was that yep. and Monty Python. I was just like, mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> I was, I was genetically a nerd and, and I just loved it. And so when, in, um, when the next, next gen came out, uh, I was in college and some friends, like we were all working at the same place and we, we were like, had to get off it in, in enough time so we could go home and watch it when it that first episode came out man we were just it was just our thing it was like game of thrones back then like we just right. had to go see next gen and now you're watching like oh my god that was terrible that was just oh <laughs> can't. look at the makeup and the, the acting you know like but how many, how many yeah, ways man, can we they so glue bits of plastic to uh to people's heads and, and call them a different race right yeah. right so so that that's interesting you like you were a guy who was raised on the 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 original series and not just the tele- television shows, because I know for my youth, I didn't watch a lot of the original series. I watched some mm-hmm. of it, but Star Trek 
growing up was the movies, the Star Trek movies. Yeah. It, it was, you know, um, the Star Trek one through four, five, yeah. whatever they, they'd have. Um, six. and six. <laughs> and yes, so, so that was, you know, that was the Star Trek that I knew most of all things. Hmm. And every once in a while they had these kind of corny old shows on too, which was still kind of fun and endearing, hmm. but it was the cool movies that were kind of cool. So you were full on with all of that. Like from the original oh, yeah. series and the movies, but yet you were totally okay with embracing the next generation. Oh yeah, no, I thought I, I was dying for them to come back. I thought thought it was great, and and uh, my daughter, I got my daughter addicted to Deep Space Nine. Like I had to record it for her. She'd watch them over and over. She still loves it. We bought her, you know, like as she was growing up, she got into Deep, Deep Space Nine. So yeah, I've seen every one of these series. I've watched them multiple times, I think. And and the movies too. Like, well, I don't know that I've watched the first one multiple times. I, that one's hard to get through. <laughs> it's, and, it's long and slow. And undiscovered country. Space yeah. Well, the, the, it's funny. I, I always like to talk about the cynicism of this world today. And that when you have uh, new shows come out or, or new versions or updated things, you, you have the, the knee jerk reaction nowadays of you're going to kill my childhood type thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, but you know, and that's unfortunate, you know, and everybody is instantly, Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. It's not like what it was back in 1982 yet. It sounds like when, the next generation came out. That wasn't the case. It was very much like a, Hey, give us something and we're happy and ready to go. Well, yeah. so do you I, feel that was way? Yeah, I was happy and let's, let's, let's do this. And then when they went off, I'm like, Oh, and then I heard deep space was coming. I was like, Oh, good, good. We get to keep going with somebody. So I, what about uh, like an enterprise even? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no enterprise. I, I, I know like, I think we agree. We've talked about this. I hate the song. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 oh, think, it just like, I, think everybody I have, has. I just have to turn it off. Like, no, like, you know, it could have been a bad, you know, whatever, but, but no, that, not that. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought it was fine. I thought, you know, I, I don't know. Enterprise is, <laughs> there, Enter Enterprise is the only Star Trek that I watched as it was airing. My, so for me, I, and I, I talk about Star Trek all the time, so longtime listeners of the show will uh, will already know most of this. But um, I'm younger than either of you, so I didn't I didn't grow up on any of it. Like by the time that I was really interested in Star Trek, Next Generation was almost over, or maybe yeah. even completely over. Uh, it was on reruns, but I had the most affection and respect for the original series uh, because I'm mostly uh traditionalist whatever i'm like the the first thing it, while it may not be the best like it it has to be sort of the best because without it nothing else ever happens right like we talked last right. week or the week before about the beatles yeah. uh etc etc and i was a little disappointed when we started uh klingons and dragons that there was no interest in running the original series era timeline though there, there oh, are all I'm sure there are up, I all kinds of unique it. challenges with that because there were only so many episodes and they were very crazy and very inconsistent and mm -hmm. didn't follow their own rules for for anything which i get um and we don't follow the rules very often either no so. that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's right that's true that's true so my my uh response to to mike's thing about killing childhood uh i blame most of that on michael bay First of all, hot take. <laughs> for Transformers, um, are you saying Transformers? For, yeah, for, for crushing childhoods. Um, I <laughs> not I, not George Lucas. I have to assume. Well, there's that too. 
Um, he crushed his own childhood. Um, <laughs> he crushed everyone who who put their childhood in him, right? Yeah, yeah. Who who somehow somehow believed that the that Star Wars was something that it's not, um, which is another hot take that I'm not gonna. <laughs> you don't we don't want to go on that right because because we're not talking about that um i have to believe that most <laughs> of the people who were offended quote-unquote by next generation were people who actually lived through the original series um and yeah, like who, i think that I was think their were, show when they started it yeah. i think they were probably maybe in their 20s when it came out or something and and so that would put them well, you know, way ahead of me because I was probably only 10 when I first saw it in the 70s. Sure. So, right. you know, so they were already 30 at that point. Yeah, I could see them being like, no, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very different show in a way that uh, Deep Space Nine is very different from uh, yeah. both Voyager and and Next Gen. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. And pe- and I've, I've met people like my daughter's one of them that like, no, Deep Space Nine is the best i mean i was like it's kind of a soap opera yes it was so it's like okay all right <laughs> it's, it's you know much, it's much more political it's much more character driven and that's part of yeah i mean we talk about star trek all the time it's it's part of why i try not to get sucked into the trek versus wars conversation because i'm like first of all how do you really define star trek at this point like six television series maybe seven if you count the animated whatever they're at like 20 dozen, movies or something. a dozen or more movies yeah, yeah it's easily because there were six and like five next gen and how many mm-hmm. abrams like three of them um yeah. i've lost count at this point um and you're mm-hmm, like right. what is what is star trek is it the crazy swashbuckling kirk star trek is it the you know stoic adventuring picard star trek is it the political um cisco star trek is it whatever the hell enterprise was is it mm-hmm. you know what what is it and like by comparison you know star wars has just just by virtue of sheer screen time there's so much less to it it's it's easier to define um, well i think that's that's helped yeah. that's helped star trek out especially in the last say 5 years is that that there's been so much and so different and there there's so many that people are I dare I say the Trekkies have been much more accepting of like, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't fit you or, or me, but it's okay because it's its own thing, which is funny because I used to think of Trekkies as very like hard nosed, you know, nerd people who had to have the exact kind of Trek that they wanted, but there's just been so much now. There's a bunch of them. Those still exist. Yeah. Yeah. They still exist, but I, I've never had a problem like, Jen, my wife is is a very Star Wars like she she Trek whatever, yeah. Only Star Wars, and I, I'm both like I love both of them, and they're 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 only similar in that they both happen in space, yeah. right? Yeah, right. You know, like Star Wars is like like uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, right? It's like this big massive myth, where and whereas Star Trek's more like I don't know, and I don't want to, I don't. This sounds like I'm downplaying but it's like it's more fable like right here's here's another little story about this thing that happened here's another little story about this thing that happens here you know and they all run together and make this big long story great right but right but but hmm. we're star wars like it was it was you know epic from the beginning to the end F- and fable like is a good way to put it i i always describe them as like um star trek is much more of the traditional uh 
you know, when we talk about, we talked about this months ago, the, the umbrella genre of speculative fiction all starts with the question of what if. And mm-hmm. if you're in, yeah. if you're in sci-fi, you're supposed to say, what if someday X, Y, Z. And if you're in the fantasy genre, you say, what if dragons are real or magic existed? Or what if the world was right. this? What if it was Westeros instead of, uh, you know, actual earth? Um, and so I've always, I've always described Star Wars as a very fantasy, straightforward adventure story, almost like it's it's derogatory to call it a kid's story, but it's mm-hmm. it's just very black and white, straightforward, dark side, light side. Although they're right. trying they're trying to move away from that with pieces like The Last Jedi, which is part of why I didn't enjoy that movie. But But that's still but it's still it's still black and white. Like there's still dark and, and light. I mean that's still Yeah, for for the, sure. The only battle going on. In a in a more like straightforward simple I'll say simple instead of simplistic because simplistic is derogatory for some reason. Um just a just a straightforward story where Star Trek is this like it's this dream, this idealistic dream of the future with all of these metaphors and allegories, right? Like, you know, the word there, the Federation is doing this with the Romulans and it's, you know, supposed to be, or it could be a metaphor for some conflict that's happening now or some lesson about the past or something about the way people interact in the way that these two different races and aliens interact in the future. But in all that, the very often like goofy, ridiculous sci-fi things that they would do kind of in the, in the same vein as like Dr. Who where you're like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I I see them both. I I see, I see star Wars as macro and I see star Trek as micro, right? I think micro micro is, Micro is very, I mean, uh, Star Trek's very messy. Like there's all these different races and they're all interacting <laughs> with each other and they're all causing problems with each other. But in Star Wars, it's, it's, if you can always boil it down, it's good versus bad, yin versus yang, mm-hmm. you know, like you just boil all of it down. That's all it is. There's yeah. these yeah, bad but, guys who want control and the good guys don't want them to have yeah. control. They want to have control, you know? Yeah. But with Star Trek, it's like, oh no, now that, now the Klingons are fighting against the Romulans with, you know, you know, the federation and you know yada yada, yada. it just yeah. gets messier and messier well i so. think i think the only the really honestly the only it's a very basic thing the only reason that these are habitually compared is because they were they were 80s movies at the same yeah. time that had two words to them and the first one was star yeah. i mean that that's really that's what it came down yeah. to is that hey there's this space movies out they both have the word stars in them and that's what it is. That's why and, they, they get this comparison. And honestly, 85% of us went and saw both of them. <laughs> right. So. And honestly, the best comparison for Star Wars is like Battlestar Galactica. That's that's more of a, if yeah. you wanted to start going yeah. to comparison, because that was out during the 70s then, and it had a lot oh, of the mean, themes. It was epic. You mean classic BSG? Because the, yeah, I mean. The, yeah, re- the reboot was more like Star Trek. <laughs> which yes, is funny. the reboot mm-hmm. was more like Star Trek. You're probably right. But but the, the original. The story? It, well, the, well, the story. No, I mean, the story was more like it's Star a whole Wars. big story. So, like that, as far as like serial episodic, it's not like Star Trek. But it, in terms of like things being metaphors and allegories for real things, uh, yeah. that's what I mean. 
Oh, yeah. 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 I, I never really but, watched but, original BSG. I tried, but couldn't. Oh, it's, it's very hard. difficult. You're right. And Star Wars was much better than, than it, but it, it was still the best. Compa- that's more of a fair comparison than Star Trek was yeah. to it. I mean, yeah, it just really was. Even the, the original movies, I guess they were a little bit more macro than, than micro. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so what about the, the, as you bring it into the new ones, Chris, I don't think since we've had you on, we've talked about your thoughts on discovery happening. How are you feeling about that series? It's a whole new relaunch now that, that CBS and Paramount took some time off. They put out these, these Abrams verse things and said, not on TV. We're just going to have the big screen stuff. And now they, they let them do it on a, like a subscription service specialty type thing how do you feel yeah. about that and the show itself uh i i it's more star trek <laughs> so you know like <laughs> right. I, I i'm still there i'm still that kind of a fan and i i think it's i think it's good i think the stories are good i think the characters are well done the actors are good i mean there was a little i don't know in in first season there was a bit of you know shark jumpiness that i didn't necessarily like i thought it was a little contrive the ending there but but whatever i mean they pulled that all into the next season which i think is you know okay so they've they've added some i mean i needed that to uh for at least one or two of the characters to understand you know their relationship in the in the second season which is interesting sure. um and, and there's a little bit of dynamic with with them because one was pretty evil but she seems to have a soft side but you don't you know all that kind of stuff um I think how, it's how good. Do you, how do you feel about? And I don't want to go too much into this, but the first question is: Do you are, are you st- a, ca- a cord cutter, or do you still have like cable? Oh, I don't have cable. Okay, so this is something that's on a on a paid service that you have to go pay for to get. Right. And let's all be honest: that's what the only reason most people even get CBS All Access for that is, is for this show. So you're basically paying for the Star Trek thing. Yeah. What? How, how, how do you how do you feel about that? Do you think that that's restricting it to just Trek fans and putting a paywall barrier between Star Trek, which may be the new um, improved television verse of Star Trek. Or do you think uh, that like that's a, that's good. It's, it's good for it. It's I giving don't it money. I don't think it's good. I think it's bad for Star Trek. Um, I think that I'm willing to pay it and they know that they know that there's a bunch of us willing to pay it. Um, there's of course there's a lot of people willing to go find it elsewhere free. Sure. Because sure. you can, uh, I just don't want to work that hard for it. Um, <laughs> and so I think that it's, I think it's not good for Star Trek, but I, it's it's a good show. I think if it wasn't a good show, then it'd probably kill Star Trek for a while. You know, who's who's, who's your, oh, I think it would too. Who's your, because some people would say that that's what Enterprise did. I mean, I, I enjoyed Enterprise and like Dennis, that was the one that I watched yeah, while it was coming out. But mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people will point to that's one of the reasons why it, stopped being a show for a long time um i don't i i think the only thing that i and and i don't want to complain about this with enterprise but they were clearly trying to appeal to um teens teen males a lot yeah um and and i get it they're trying to pull them in because that's it was a big audience and then you get them hooked and then they want to be star trek fans for you know whatever but i didn't get stuck i didn't get well, that's not true. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some of the what, characters in the original it, series. It, there were there were some sexy, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I, I, so, I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure what 
I was going to ask what you meant by that. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, 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 I see it now. I'm like, oh, wait, that is how I got hooked. Um, well, unfortunately, so, I think that, that this new, I, I'm on, I've been on the record saying that Discovery is amazing. And I think it's the, yeah. the best thing that's come out of Star Trek in long, in long time, time since the next generation. Yeah. And, and I think that uh, it, I, I it is Voyager, unfortunate so. that really this is just like for Trekkies. It's, it shouldn't be just for Trekkies. This is this is great science fiction. This is modern no, day yeah. sci-fi. I and, completely agree. No, there's a yeah. lot of science in this. I think there's a lot of tech. I mean, you know, the the spore network's a little mm, maybe whatever, a little fantasy, but that's fine. But you it's know, sci-fi, it's still, right? I mean, it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You, you're jumping over that 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 hurdle of you know belief and stuff. So I think that's good. But yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. I think it's got strong characters. Uh, it's got goofy characters who are still smart, yeah. you know, and I do, and, I do worry that it, know. that it gets, it gets relegated to only Trek fans and they're not giving it out to, I mean, it, it's just unfortunate we like to say a lot of times on the show, it's the loss of its potential, like the mm -hmm. loss of potential. And I know that it's a risk, but at this point I, I got to say that CBS should do something to take this great show they have and get other people to get access to it somehow. So that they no, can they, grow, continue to grow that. I, I agree, and I think I think cutting it off this way is not good for for it. I think they could be growing their base much, you know, in a much better way. But I don't now know. That, they may that, have stats for for yeah. saying no. This is the way to do it. If you make it, yeah, that, you get, say that being said, it. they actually have they're they're planning many more Star Trek series is just on the on all access. So they could they be like Picard's this is where back, we put right? our Star Trek people, but. Alzheimer's Picard or something is coming back. Or something yeah, like Alzheimer's that. Picard. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He's Very got some. He's angry at the world. He's an angry old man or whatever. But. Yeah, I'm not sure what I think about that. I mean, uh, Patrick Stewart's like, well, it's a different Picard, and I'm like, I, but I don't think anybody wants to see a different Picard. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 always open to it. I want to see it. Like, and I, I, may hate I didn't it. like angry Picard in the in the last one. I was like, I didn't like that guy. Do, do, I didn't. Do, do you do you watch Doctor Who? I do not watch you Doctor Who. Oh, well, so that you need you need to get conditioned. Then you need to go watch Doctor Who because <laughs> every time the Doctor changes, you're like, oh, but I love that one. I'm gonna not. What if I don't like then? You know, and you always seem to find a way to like the next one. Not who, who is try. You who just is your do. favorite, Chris? My favorite. I don't know. See, that's just it. Like I, I thought Eccleston was fine, and they got rid of him. Like, oh, what did he do? And then yeah, but then I, Tenet was epic, right? I went. I through, thought he was. I went great. through the same thing. My whole family loved Tenet, but. I liked Eccleston and I I didn't yeah. like Tennant at first because I liked Eccleston and Tennant was so young yeah. by comparison right. that I was like, uh, I don't know. I've, oh, he's too goofy. I'm, like he had all this stuff. Yeah, and, I'm uh, not caught up yet to, um, uh, I forget her name, the new uh, female. Jody Jodie yeah. uh, Whitaker. Yeah. Um, right. But I really like. I really like Peter Capaldi surprising the oh yeah the sort I of I thought grouchy he, old man uh, resonates he was my me. favorite and maybe because I'm just old but <laughs> but yes I thought his edge and funny like he could get a little goofy he was more but he's darker mm -hmm. more dark with a little bit of funny whereas you know the previous two were pretty funny and then get dark every once in a while right right, right. and I kind of liked the, that the campiness of that show is the thing that gets me. It is. Like I have a, an it, issue with, especially in the first season of the reboot when they're trying to figure out what they're supposed to be compared to the old, you know, sixties, seventies. Um, do, do, does shows. it get any less campier? Because I know that, like that, that's what it was. Is that our our friend Betsy Trotsky's wife was, uh, or uh, 
Betsy is Trotsky is Betsy's husband. How do we say that right? Um, is that uh, she was right? She had she's a huge Doctor Who fan, and she was like, "Well, just give mm-hmm. give that a chance. Give the re- start at the reboot and start watching that way, and then see what you think." Yeah. And I gave good four or five episodes, and then it just was like really yeah, campy those, at times. And I was like, "Oh, I like first, a lot about this, but going, man, going those back Daleks, and watching oh. some of those Eccleston episodes, it it almost feels like a game of chicken where the the Russell T Davies or whoever was like, let me see how many campy sci-fi tropes I can cram into one episode and see if people will keep watching. But, but we just talked about next gen. I mean, you it's know, true. like the, the, the first season of next gen is awful. It's, it's really well, bad. that that's my question there is that, is that, I, and I don't want to turn this into a like, Oh, stick with it. It'll be great because <laughs> I, I, I really hate that. But I, you should I, stick I with can't, den- right. I can't deny that like the next generation season one, was a stinker. It was not good. And it's nothing like any of the rest of the season. Not at the time. At the time that I was watching it, there was nothing else. It was manna from heaven. It was awesome. <laughs> it was every, we were like, oh, we talk about the show afterward. Oh, you know, like we were that into it. But then, right. you know, years later, you go back and watch it and you've seen, you know, years and years of Star Trek shows and you're like, oh, I'm going to go start from the beginning. And I just did this like a year or two ago. I tried to start at the beginning. Oh man, I was skipping through those. Right. I just like, oh, I'd watch. I'm like, no, oh, that was that. Oh, I hated that one. You know, I'd like, have to, I'd have to think, but like, can you think of an episode or a point in, in new Doctor Who where you would, you would say like, try it here. I mean, I know some of my favorite episodes. I don't know if they're any good out of context but the, i think the ones I mean, that i, I remember the most are the ones that are that are standalone like where he is on the train on the diamond planet you know the one mm-hmm. i'm talking about yeah um yeah they're more they're more standalone which a lot of I, a lot of the doctor who episodes are but um well i think to get through the first season what i would do you know for mike could go go back go look through it and just grab the ones that are important for later Mm-hmm. You know, so for continuation stories, because and then the ones that are just fun to watch and then get rid of the rest of them. I'll bet because, Den of Geek or somebody has done a has done a list yeah. like they did with some of the Star Trek. Uh, like that's how I watch Voyager, because I yeah. didn't have any interest in either of those when they were on when I was really into Star Trek in my mm-hmm. late teens, early 20s. I was like, I can't handle this. Religious metaphor and political <laughs> storyline of DS9 and. Uh, so I, I remember specifically there there was like it was going along and I was really enjoying it. I was like, okay, I can get into this. This is okay, but a little weird at times. But I I could deal with that. It's there's a history here, um, mm-hmm. and and then the next episode there's a it's just a poltergeist episode, and I'm like, what what's happening? This this house is haunted and it's a haunting. And I did, and then all of a sudden the Daleks show up and they're these terrible robots, and I'm yeah. like. And, and then the stretched Bollick. face person. And I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> you know, this is a 60s, 60s show. But I wasn't, I wasn't against it. Yeah, I wasn't against it. I was just like, this is not my cup of tea. This is for people who had watched it before and liked it then and now like mm-hmm. it now. Uh, but but that's not being said that maybe I just need to give it another chance with skipping, knowing which ones to I, skip. And have you watched out. any of the really old ones? And I'd no, like to say, I'd like to say for the not. audience, I did not watch this one way back my, um my my dad watched it uh when they had the reruns on pbs mm-hmm. um and you know i was a kid so i don't really remember you know being like three watching this when he was off work on saturdays or whatever but uh 
that was my hook. I was like, oh, Doctor Who is back. And I didn't remember things, but like when I saw the Daleks, I'm like, oh man, the Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> and I got hooked with Doctor Who again, like in the late 70s, early 80s, when the, 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 oh, what was his name? Uh, Tom Baker. The, yeah, Tom Baker with the scarf. That's when I got hooked. And and I go back. I've watched some of those old ones too. I try to get some of my kids to watch they're it, and they're rough. like, "This is dumb." And I'm like, <laughs> "You're right. This is really dumb." He's, he's arguing with Mary Jane about feminism and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh and oh, if you watch the, the ones 70s. even before that, the the earliest, the first, the first Doctor Who. Oh my god, just awful. Just t- <laughs> treats women terrible. I'm like, I, I just, I, I just cannot imagine. I mean, treats everybody terrible, but. Mm-hmm. But um, but that was uh, those are really really rough, and I can't imagine anybody got hooked on it. But again, if you think about the the original Star Treks, they're they're not that great, you know, people no. in masks and you know right. and all that. And uh, man, I was hooked. I mean, they were just really so. You know, I can't say too much. I mean, whoever is watching in black and white, they just like oh, the imagination that it probably stirred up at the time. So we yeah, weren't even sure. on the moon when it came out. So. Right. Well, well, here here's something that fits into the whole Star Trek say now with discovery and and then the back then in the in the next generation series is something that we're in a weird it sits in its own weird place and that's the orville it's have you watched the orville oh yeah okay so that sits squarely in the 90s next generation type of show and and yet it's a modern day take on that i guess right <laughs> How do you feel about that? I mean, when these two shows exist side by side, New Trek with Discovery and then kind of Old Trek with them. Yeah. Which one would you prefer? I want to hear Chris's take because Mike and I have talked about this at length. But uh, yeah. So I I enjoy the humor um, and probably never going to be best friends with him. I don't think Seth MacFarlane can act. Um, except when he's doing a funny voice, <laughs> it's like it, so. And he's and, and I himself. and I've watched. Yeah, he just plays himself. You know, like right. he's saying something really serious to Kerman the other day. I was watching, and he was just smiling. You're like, what? No, you just told him his family died. I don't remember what it was. Right. And you're like, you can't know. Right. But but it's funny, and that that wasn't a funny moment, and that's why I was kind of a little disappointed in him. But but I like the bits of humor, the silliness, and all that. Do get a little irritated when they completely rip off, you know, like storylines from Star Trek, mm. and it's like total rip. Like you know, it's like oh, so you changed this and that, right? Yeah. So only thing you didn't do is have Seth MacFarlane turn into uh, a Borg. I mean, you know, it's just like <laughs> that's only thing they didn't do. And I'm like, all right, but but you got to do the humor aspect of it. So there was still some funny, but they get, they were getting real serious with some stuff that just happened. Recently, I th- see. I think that's pretty intentional, right? Like, I, I, I guess it's, it's funny that it's great, great timing that you mentioned you bring this up because I, I have not watched the most recent episode of it because I got 15 minutes into it and uh, the the pilot, which I always forget his name. What's his name, Dennis? Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. I, mm-hmm. I love Gordon. I really do, but I can never remember his name. But Gordon goes in. They see this. He gets a holographic girlfriend, and I'm like, Oh yeah! Oh yeah. my god! Rip. This is Rip. yeah. This is this is Jordy. You know, this is the Jordy thing. Yep. And I'm yeah. like, I don't. I've seen this. I've seen this. Except we're gonna mix it with Seth MacFarlane stuff. This goes in the same path. Now I watched it, that for ten minutes, it. and then I stopped watching it. And Den- now Dennis had said that it. It comes back around and has its own thing, which the it Orville does. does do. The Orville yeah, yeah. 
surprises me on those episodes that I think are just going to be rote rehashes of the same Star Trek ones. And then they put their total different spin on the end of it. And, and I agree. I completely agree with that. So, you know, like like the one I was talking about, the Borgish one or whatever, mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, come on, you know. But it did still have its own little spin on it. And so that was fine. But I was like, but couldn't you have started with like like – couldn't you have taken more out of it? <laughs> like right. it felt like they like, like, okay, well, we're just going to do this, but now let's just change little bits of it and we'll make it better. Like, um, I, I wonder, yeah. I wonder if that's, it feels to me like that is a, what a, besides the humor, but that's what mm-hmm. a, a Star Trek, the, the other people who were like, this is not my Trek. Those people would like the Orville minus the, the thing, because that's what that is. It's just variations on the same things they had in the nineties. Yeah. Right. Yeah, probably. I mean, that should service those people. That, Maybe you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Again, I, it, that. it services me too. I mean, I like I like it. I enjoy it. There's humorous points. I mean, oh, I do too. I, 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 I guess I like you haven't seen this last one, so I don't want to spoiler it. But there was something ridiculous in in the last one. But and it I, I hadn't seen it anyplace else. But it, it probably was, and I'm just not like because of the way they approach this one problem with two of the characters. Mm-hmm. I probably am just forgetting because they used um, they used a different substance and probably used it in the other one, <laughs> and it just it was funny because of what they used. And I'm like, but I'm like, yeah, that probably happened in the other one. But that one was fine because I just I couldn't connect them so directly. But yeah, yeah there's just and and the way they put it across was humorous, you know. And and that one was touching, like that one that you just mentioned. Like, yeah, it was. I was like, oh. At the end, yeah, I was like, the, okay. The, the conflict between between Gordon and the other crew members, you know, judging him for that relationship felt genuine. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've not seen every episode of all three of the 90s. I mean, I've probably seen every episode of Next Generation once and mm-hmm. several of them like Darmok five times. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> Only five? <laughs> only mm-hmm. five. And, but definitely um, Voyager and Deep Space Nine, I have not seen every episode. I watched through Voyager uh, based on somebody's list of here are the episodes you should watch uh, and skip the the lame ones. Uh, so I don't remember every storyline, but the the like time capsule angle felt like a unique twist on that hologram thing. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, Barkley with hologram Troy you know, like a real person and it wasn't a completely fictional person. Like, um, Riker falls in love with a hologram woman. That's not actually, she's actually an alien or something. I forget right. uh, what, what the deal was. And they that. had Tuvok in, I mean, he was playing the, Oh yeah. Effect, and so. another, <laughs> I love when they do, <laughs> when they do cameos from the actual Star Trek actors, it's like worlds mm-hmm. colliding. Yeah. The, right. That, that, oh, that's right. Tuvok was Tuvok the playing a that. human. Yeah, yeah, that that was great because okay, he also had the uh, the holographic doctor was the security officer's dad. Yeah, both both doctors, yeah. uh, Flox and Flox. Um, yeah, Flox has been in it too. Uh, the EMH doing right. uh, um, and so that that homage that, that he that that McFarland actually pays to Star Trek means that I I, I don't hold too much against him because I think that's sure. him. He I think he loves Star Trek. He loves. So I don't think he now he has the opportunity to do his own flavor right yeah yeah and which, i thought the orville was great. a dumb ship but <laughs> I, I don't know now i've gotten used to it i think See, how I, it I thought the name orville cool. was a terrible name but then every oh, time those those like is. engines light up i'm like vroom, 
boom, boom. Like, yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think, I think how the engines light up now, I kind of like that part. Although there was an episode where they were, oh, I think it was the, the, the security officer episode. It was just all a bunch of 3D, like, animation of the ship. Like, there were so much flyby. You should, you should go back and just like spin through that. And you'd be <laughs> just like, oh my God, half of this show is just the, the ship, close-ups of the ship or close-ups of the ship going by a planet or, you know, like. <laughs> they really wanted to show up the ship. Yeah. Like, and well, and lots of detail too. And I'm like, oh, you know, like it, it was impressive, but I'm like, it's a little much, but. They were, they were using their budget on that one. Well, right. the, the, uh. It, it it's you know that's been had it the first season i remember reading reviews before i actually watched the show was i was really not sure if i was going to want to watch it or not see what this thing was all of the reviews came out very confused i mean i, th- I felt like the writers the reviewers were all confused and they would even say things like the same re- repeated phrase this show doesn't know what it is it's like it's everything it's is it a comedy is it a family guy or is it an actual '90s Star Trek thing? Is it a different thing? Is it its own? So it is really it a felt. Is it not? Is it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does mm-hmm. feel like it has some some real like consistency issues with the tone. But at the same time, like we've talked about it, raved about it all this time, and it's like, you know, I. It's it is it is very hard to define and describe. But at the same time, that doesn't ruin it it doesn't stop me from watching it i still enjoy it i still i still am you know moved and affected when it's dramatic and still laugh and or am amused when it's funny yeah it's and it it can happen in the same episode within five minutes of each other which is the weirdest thing like they're in a very serious moment with somebody's dealing with uh like family matters of you know their their child having their gender forcibly changed yeah and and then they cut to the this bulbous guy in engineering talking to an alien about how like casual friday should be a thing i've got this hawaiian shirt i want to try he's like yeah you know like you're the best guy ever i love you too man you're the best you're like what is this show at all right (laughs) right What what is happening here so it it's but that's that's the mind of Seth MacFarlane, which is kind of cool and kind of interesting, and I'm okay with it. That's why I end up liking shows like so, Ted and stuff like that. So, so I have a theoretical question though. Yeah, would would the show be better if he were just behind the camera and not in front of the camera? Oh, who would play Mercer? De- Dennis? Yeah, who would? Play yeah, I don't know. I, I we yeah we could have that long discussion, but I mean, like, I just I just feel like so. There's another show I really love right now, and it's called Future Man, and you both should watch it okay um it, it's hilarious and ridiculous and seth rogan put it on he's not he he's, he did a brief cameo but that's it um but he's like executive producing it creating it and all that kind of stuff and it's just ridiculous and hilarious and it's sci-fi so um and i i don't know i just feel like i think orville could be even better if mcfarlane wasn't in, in the cat seat. I, I i might agree with you um one of the things that makes it a little bit endearing that he's in there is because I think something that's growing on me with that guy is that like we've just discussed, he's clearly a Star Trek fan. And if you were a fan, like Chris was Borland said, here, Chris, make a Star Trek movie. You can cast it how you want. You can do what you want. Wouldn't you say like, I want to be the captain. No, 
You wouldn't you'd be like, you wouldn't want to no, be in, I, I would, in this I would series? I would want to be, I'd want to do, I, I want to do a cameo or I'd want to, ha- I want to be Barkley. Like I would, I would want to be that, <laughs> do a, you know? Do a Stanley, rest in peace. Right. Yeah. Just do, you know, yeah. like I want to do little bit things like, yeah. yes, you know, I want to be that character that shows up and that, eh, you know, but I don't, right. you know, I want to be the Cree of the group, but I, I don't want to be, I don't want to see, sit in the captain's chair and be there and get, I think it would just get boring i'd rather be behind doing the story thinking about how it all interplays together thinking about the long plan for i mean that's mm-hmm. what i'd want to do so yeah and i think that the heat mcfarland is the personality the kirk personality like i mean he's the yeah. one that like i want to be that hero yeah which which you're right i'm not sure if he is or who mercer is i i honestly can't quite mercer is very much an enigma just like the show I'm yeah, not sure kind of, what kind of, kind of well if you think about the, kind of a sad the stuff that he's done his um yeah, you get a little bit of that uh, Dan Harmon-esque sort of depressive mm-hmm. writing. But right. um, you think about the other stuff he's done, which I don't know all of it, but obviously Family Guy is the big one. Um, and he's he's behind the scenes because it's animated. There's nobody in front of the scene. Um, right. But he's still doing all of that voice work. He's 40% of the characters on the right? show. Right, so it, like yeah. he's writing it, it, he's creating it, but he's also, you know, doing all of these characters he's still very much involved in the i think it's in the front. i think it's his personality i think he's very he's he's definitely uh he's oh my god why, why can't i think of the word uh he's an extrovert right so he's sure. i mean you know i know i know all actors are but i think he's like on the on the highest end of that scale mm-hmm. you know me, 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 right. me, me kind of thing. So, which is fine. I mean, like he's created some awesome things that I, I think are just amazing. Like you said, family guy, you know, like all of those characters are just hilarious and fun and all of that. But, well, but definitely- I, I, I'll tell you what, the thing that I'm happy the most about all this is that there, there's not a lot of shows, movies, any, well, movies there are, but not a lot of TV these days that make me want to be anticipated when a new one comes out. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think Stranger Things had that for a minute and, you know, maybe some of the shows Game of Thrones definitely has that, oh, yeah. um, but they're few and very end. far between these days. And to, to get there's two shows, it's Star Trek and, Dis- and uh, Discovery and the Orville that like when a new one comes out, I I want to hold on to them for like the whole week, you know, I, I because I just want to don't want to watch it right away because it'll be done, mm-hmm. but I want to watch it. Well, go, right. go try Future Man and see if you feel the same way. Future Man, okay. The wolf's the best. Just, Ugh. just wolf. Wolf. Well, there, there, there's our, there's our Star Trek thing. So, <laughs> hey, let's let's uh, let's get off of our space kick a little bit here. And uh, uh, Dennis, you want to talk about our our 2020 challenge now? Sure. All right. This week's challenge was the uh, 2009 Pixar film Up. Uh, Mike, I got a, I got a little bit of trivia for you. Okay. Did you know that, uh, Rick Astley will lend you any movie from his Pixar collection except for one? Except for Up? He's never going to give you Up. Oh, you're... Yeah, nice. Terrible. Nice. Roll. I was wondering where that was going to come in somehow, it's but... rolled. It was right in my face, and I did not even see that. Staring you. Right there. You know, Dennis, I know you're not a dad, but you're ready for the dad jokes already. That's true. <laughs> I have a, you, you I have have a whole um, uh, repertoire of them. Uh, Chris, have you, I, I'm assuming you've seen this, but have you seen Up oh, before? Yeah, yeah okay. I've seen Up. Yeah, definitely. 
so yeah, this movie is known for for what, Chris? What I know you didn't watch it recently, but if you're looking back, you you have a perspective that you can look back on your memory of it. What's the thing that's the most memorable about that movie? In your mind. Uh, old men kidnapping Boy Scouts or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think it, it, it I mean, the biggest part of it is that it's about a, you know, an older man dealing with the death of his wife. I mean, that's what I remember from all of it, you know, and a, the scout boy helping him kind yeah. of deal with that and in and, and a house that's floating all over the place because he's right. <laughs> a very, fa- very, very, it's kind of one of those things that I think Pixar does pretty well is this very realistic, deep, kind of important emotional stuff and putting them in this really silly cartoony environments. I mean, mm-hmm. with, with Wally, you're, you're dealing with isolationism, you know, he's all by himself and he's all alone. Um, and then he's got this new friend and it's just the most starry white eyed thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, um, toy story and many times in toy story, they're facing being sold and, you know, uh, broken apart and their family falling apart that's a very real scary thing for little kids type stuff and but it's in a a toy story right Mm -hmm. and in this one you start off the first five minutes with a tragic sad terrible death right Right. well for a kids show a whole life right two two you know two intertwined lives i mean and the the thing i noticed most about this um this movie and especially that segment in the first 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Um, it reminded me of when we watched vertigo and I, I made the remark about visual storytelling. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a scene. I mean, there are hundreds of scenes in this movie that are memorable in this way, but when in the montage, when they're fixing up the house, um, uh, Ellie is painting their names on the mailbox, right? Yeah. And, he has his hand right laying laying on there and he's got paint. So he leaves a handprint like accidentally. And just in a few seconds, you see the, the range of emotions pass where like he's happy, he's content, but like he lifts up his hand and he sees like he ruined the mailbox that like she's made this adorable little mailbox and he ruined it. And she just immediately like paint on her hand, puts her own handprint on there. And you see that like, simple uh sort of unity companionship whatever you want to call that like between the two of them where they they fit together so well right right Th- those those animators are are amazing i mean i don't know what better words <laughs> to say i don't know what better words to say than than when you're just working with a a canvas and you have to get you have to convey to people how people feel and there's no words and there's no anything. And they don't say hardly any, do they say any words that whole montage? They They, don't even, I mean, they they do do. before that when they're kids, but right. I think from the time that, uh, you know, the, the, the wedding, the rest of that entire story is all told visually. And so then you Mm -hmm. understand, like you have the context for later in the movie when, like they break his mailbox, you understand why he's so upset. And it sort of, um, for me, gave me a little bit of context for, you know, some of the sort of stereotypes and whatever about um, 
the elderly both both of my grandparents passed away and so there were a lot of things in the behavior of this character that um i forget his name what's his name uh mr frederickson frederickson yeah um can't remember his first name the, you know that reminded me of my grandpa and yeah. to understand how seemingly seemingly trivial things and objects stuff you know can carry this immense emotional weight yeah because mm-hmm. we don't have that ex- that lifetime of experience to sit on things i mean even if something's important to us now you know it's more that let's say a mailbox or whatever it's it's a, an important thing to us yes right now but in 20 years when we've sat with it it's 10 million times more important right oh, yeah. right and right. so and we don't you and i and chris and we just we just don't have that yet ha- in our lives thankfully yet we don't have that breadth of experience with things mm. to know <laughs> chris like, eh. i don't know I mean, i'm old because um, I, I just had my daughter just had her birthday and mm-hmm. i don't well, I already told you how old I am. But anyway, uh, <laughs> she just turned 30 and and uh, Jen made this slideshow of all these pictures from when she was younger. And oh my God, I just could not stop smiling. I mean, I, I, I mean, it was for her, but I just kept watching it and it meant so much, all these moments, you know, and time that, that I was there for, you know, and it's just like, right. yeah, the, the, it, there is it. And they've, because I, I sat there and looked at one of them like, oh, no, she was probably a little shit that day. You know, <laughs> like, you know, like all and I was thinking through it. I'm like thinking, yeah, there were times where I just like, oh, I can't strangle you. You're my child. You know, <laughs> and but but I just was smiling at every one of them. She was just adorable and wonderful. And that's all I think now. But, you know, those things do get they get more and more and more powerful over time, I think. So, yeah, right. And, and, and we don't that. when we look at somebody who is the elderly. And, and we, you got to just step back a minute and kind of respect is the only thing to say about that. Right. Is that take Mm -hmm. in the fact that they have more to life than we have. So much more. Yeah. And we, we not going to understand that. And, you know, just be very, very, when you say respect your elders, there's a reason for it. Not just, it's because they have it. Um, I, I, my mom used to be, was a, a a nurse in nursing homes as I was growing up and we would go to the nursing homes a lot. So I would get to meet a lot of people that would tell me old stories or just talk and be happy and smiling and see different things. And I, and even today I see them in a totally different kind of perspective from, you know, when I was looking back at when I was a kid. Um, but so anyway, break, not to bring that sad stuff back to the elderly in there, but that, that it's, it's very impactful in the first 10, 15 minutes of this show to set the stage that, this is a long, big life, and we got to really – we only have 10 to 15 minutes because the whole show is dependent on that, right? And it, yeah. the animators had to do it. They had to do it with, almost without words, <laughs> you know, and give it within – you got 10 minutes. And if you don't hit these marks, the rest of the show doesn't work, you know, and I think they nailed it. I mean – Yeah, I mean a thing that people – this is what I, – I watch this with most of my family as I do depending on the movie uh, – I did with this. I did not with uh, Little Miss Sunshine or uh, uh, her. But, <laughs> um, you know, my mom said one of her friends when it was in theaters, she's like, oh, yeah, we went to see this. Uh, and I did not stop crying the entire movie. <laughs> you know, I was choked up. I'll admit it in the theater. For, for sure. For sure. Like you go through this and 
similar to a way that I describe anime and other things where um, telling a story in a different language with a different medium or something can be more impactful. It's sort of the, uh, it's the power of classic art, classical art, mm-hmm. um, right? Can make something more impactful, and and it's what I mean with that is um, the the visual only storytelling with no with no words or anything. Like you get the whole story, you can see their desire to have children, and then they can't, and then the time just passes, and then you know they're finally gonna achieve their dream and you know her dream he's gonna he's gonna fulfill her dream and then it doesn't uh and so and so you see all of that and then then you go through the whole movie and he meets this kid and the kid is annoying and and he deals with that and there's all this weird uh (laughs) this weird stuff with dogs right (laughs) which is really weird in there i don't know and then and then you know you find out about this kid and his his uh his relationship with his dad and um you know of course the main character never had kids right even though he wanted to and so then when you get to the very end and he gives him this this pin this button that he's worn this guy's worn his whole life right since Mm -hmm. since he was since he was younger than this kid right right um and it's, you know, it's impactful because of everything right. we've seen, because of that opening sequence um, and all of that. And, you know, that, that's, that's such a neat thing about movies is that we, we got to kind of experience, and it's just a cartoon, as Chris would put it. It's just a cartoon, <laughs> but it, it really, we got to experience an entire life, mm-hmm. right? Art, reading, books, literature, or movies, cinema, we really got to have these a uh, huge emotion of not every moment of this person's life, but so much. And you leave that theater watching, or in this case, the, the TV, watching this movie and, and saying like, wow, that was, you know, I feel better for knowing that. Sure. Right? That, it, that's kind of a crazy thing for a Disney movie. It's, but. I, don't, I don't know that I've ever thought of this in these terms before, but we talked uh, when we watched E.T., we talked about how Spielberg often, Steven Spielberg would often tell some kind of heavy emotional, maybe metaphorical life story in the context of some incredible fantastic adventure movie. Yes. Um, the, the example that I read and and used in that conversation was Jurassic Park, uh, where you have a protagonist, uh, Sam Neill. Is that right? Uh, yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, the actor. He can't, he doesn't like kids. He can't relate to kids to a degree that it's going to prevent him from staying with the woman that he loves. And over the course of the movie, he gets past that and forms bonds with a couple of, of kids. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you pitch that as a movie in a trailer, uh, nobody's going to go see it. That's a, the, the, you know, that's a Sundance movie. Um, <laughs> right. But what St- what Spielberg did was he told that story with freaking real life dinosaurs, right? <laughs> right. He's like, he's not going to tell you go see this movie about a guy who learns to connect and relate to children. 
go see this movie about dinosaurs who come to life. And right in the midst of that story, he's telling this real story. And that's uh, up is not quite as fantastic, except it's you're not going to go see a oh, movie. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> right. Um, and so, dogs and yeah, and you're not going to you're not going to go see this movie about an old man who learns. Or I don't even know how to summarize like what what the what the moral of the or the lesson. I think he, he moved on to a different chapter of his life I think that was yeah, the, he was yeah. able to move on find closure yeah. find yeah, closure get, yeah getting getting closure finding some fulfillment in the in the finding last. happiness in a life that was well lived yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly um you're not gonna you're not gonna pitch that as the trailer you're gonna pitch the trailer of a guy who ties a hundred thousand balloons to his house and flies it across the right. world <laughs> Right, which is a funny thing because this this movie, you know, take away that moral of the story type thing. How do you? How was this movie pitched? I can't even think of what the trailer would be besides a house and balloons. I I want to go back and watch some up trailers because I think that the only reason it was so even got the first weekend buys is because it was a Pixar movie. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I think it was Pixar. And isn't this where we got Squirrel? Yep, right. squirrel. squirrel. Right. Yeah. That's oh, where yeah. Squirrel came from. It was yeah. this movie. And I don't think I'd have to look at the chronology again, but I think this is before if not before Cars, definitely before Cars 2 and 3 and The Good Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And so like this probably came out at a time where Pixar's track record looked like uh Toy Story, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., uh A Bug's Holly. Life. Toy Story 2, like Pixar had literally not made a bad movie. Yeah. So so you could go to this theater and know that it's gonna be something. And it was. But but the trail but the pitch is weird. It's a weird there's that's one of the things I can I can pitch cars. Yeah. I and, could and that's pitch what Monsters I mean Inc. when I say not as fantastic as Jurassic Park, because you're like, what exactly is the pitch to this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what what's what's our three things? Well, we can ask Chris this one and let him go first on there. Okay, so after we after we talk about a movie and do spoilers, uh, I have a this this question that I ask and I put the chapter marker after. So hopefully, people who haven't seen Up and didn't want to be spoiled uh, have skipped ahead to this point. Um, the The poster of movies that we're using for our 100 movie 2020 challenge is a 100 movie bucket list of movies. So it's not necessarily top 100, but movies that somebody whoever made this poster feels that everyone should see and so the question i always ask is is this movie a bucket list movie as in a movie that you should see once is it a good movie as in a movie you could watch multiple times or is it a movie you could pass on it's not that great we almost never get any in that third category well, how do you feel about this chris yeah i think it's i think it's a i think it's a movie you see once i think it, it's a really well done movie and i don't know if i'd put it on my bucket list but you know it's definitely a movie that if somebody said should i see it i'd be like yeah yeah if that's one you're thinking about seeing you should definitely see it i think it's a good movie i i I agree with that i i I think that it's a it's a one-time thing and and i i'm hesitant to say bucket list because there are so many great pixar movies out there not i'm not besmirching this movie in any way i really enjoyed it but uh I don't think you need to watch it multiple times. You can watch it once, be very happy with it and get what you need to get out of it. The funny moments and the, 
Well, and the sad. touching moments, right? Touching mm-hmm. moment. Touching. That's a good one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that... I, I'm I'm for a a one time solid, a good, happy, solid one time view. Yep. Yep. That's where right. I'm at too. Yeah. I think by the, by the way, I think this. I I did watch this twice. I watched it once in the theater, and then I I can't remember why. Um, I just I think I might have saw it with my wife at the time, and then we took our kids to to it to the drive-in, and that mm. was kind of cool watching it in the drive-in. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'd and, see it and, twice and the, so I could show my kids. Like if I hadn't turned up yet. Yeah, the, ki- the kids were weeping in the car. <laughs> like it was, it was like, right. oh, that was the first time I thought like, wow, maybe, maybe this is too heavy for little kids. Like you know, they were, someone died. I was like, it's, it's okay. They'll be okay. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It was, it was I difficult. kept, uh, because, you know, because I'm an adult and I watch things made for adults, I kept watching these scenes and expecting like, Oh, the dogs are falling off a cliff. Like all of these other unnamed dogs are dying right now. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, the scene goes forward a little bit. Oh no, there's a river down there. They're just falling and they're going to swim. Like, you know, and they'll be the, okay. The the dogs improbably flying uh, biplanes get shot down, but they have ejector seats and parachutes. Like they're going to be fine. The the dogs. What what you want to talk about? Fantastical. I know we're moving on from up, but man. What? It, whose idea was that? We're gonna have dogs, and they'll fly airplanes, <laughs> and it's just crazy. I, you know, I was bothered by how uh, Christopher Plummer's character seemed to be the same age or possibly younger than the main character, even though he yeah. was a full adult when uh, when the movie opens and the main character is a little boy. <laughs> I guess wait, I didn't what? think of that. Yeah. Wait, what are we talking? We talking about up? Yeah. Yeah. Up. Oh. Yeah. yeah. The. Oh, hey. Oh. I I want I know we're I'm jumping back two subjects, but I got to ask Chris because I like this is my favorite question to ask. Chris, what do you think of Christopher Pike? Sexy. <laughs> um, I I, I, like I should have asked you that. An- Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. This Christopher Pike. I tell I me like about him. your thoughts on him. I I I like him. He's and the reason I like him because. He's the type of manager that, you know, like I want to be, that I strive to be, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it's, you know, like caring, trusting, you know, short sometimes, but hey, we'll get there. Just calm down, you know, kind of stuff. And I I think I I like that. And I think he, he kind of has a good sense of what's right and wrong and there's something not right, you know? So, yeah. Where where would you rank him on the, the, the starship captains? list oh wow that's i mean i i i describe i describe Mm. anson mounts christopher pike as the ideal star star trek officer like he is he is what you think as mr captain america yes perfect ideal yeah he's he's not quite a boy scout but he's pretty close right yeah um yeah he's definitely not like stick to the rules because that's the way you do it but he's good like good is the word Good right. person. He's right? good. Like he's going to do the, even if sometimes he's got to break the rules, he's doing it because it's, it's for the good, not for. Without question. I think it's an unerring personality of him, right? Like that's just him mm-hmm. without yeah. question. Oh yeah. I never, am going to ask that we're not going to go and find Spock. That's yeah, what we're doing. His, he has a strong moral compass, right? As an expression. Yes. We yeah. Use. That's, like, that's yeah. If, right. if the, you know, he's going to, he's going to follow the rules, but if the rules are wrong, He's going to break them. Right. Yeah. And okay. I don't, I don't know if he's going to last. 
I, I mean, no, I think I think he's done after this season. But yeah, so I mean, they may be doing the the Doctor Who thing, and also I just think people won't want a goody two shoes all the time, right. you know. Um, but uh, they may bring him back. Uh, but I, yeah, I think he's part of the bigger at, story. At some, I, at some point, he has to get paralyzed, right? So right, yeah. I, yeah, I, I worry that he's going to get paralyzed. Monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worry about that. That makes me sad. There about that too. Is that oh, that, I know how he's going to end up. But. Yeah, but they're dealing with time now. Everything could get whacked mm-hmm. out of whatever. The that, that's that's very true. We talked about that yeah. last week. Mike didn't like my fan theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like maybe that's what stops the the AI, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right. know. They well, get the, those the, brainiacs involved and they fix it all. So. <laughs> I, I, I got to say it. So, okay, so let, let me let me put it to a more short Kurt question. Not Kirk question, Kirk but question. Kurt question. <laughs> so so put put uh, rank Anson Mount's Christopher Pike alongside Captain Kirk, Jean-Luc Picard, and um, am I drawing a blank? Um, Janeway. The, no, Janeway. We'll, we'll go ahead and say Janeway, but I was going to say the, the guy from Deep Space Nine. Cisco. Cisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Commander Cisco. Oh, man. So rank him in there. Um, <laughs> man, that's, I mean. It's there, all, those are very difficult questions, but, but if this I do is it a today, new guy. If, so if I say it for today's like society, I would rank them differently than I would for their era. Right? Yeah. You know? Like, know yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like I mean, right today, like Chris today, when he looks at these guys, like for me, I got the this and this, and then he fits in here somewhere with this. For you personally. Well, Archer's first. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, you didn't mention Archer. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's pretty up there. I, I didn't mention Chris know? Pine either, and I actually like Chris Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine's is pretty good too, but he's just Chris Pine, I think, playing. Sure. Her. Yeah, kind um, of. You know, like, oh, let's go. Ah, you know. Um, so uh, I I don't know. Kirk's probably still number one. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because just because of the overacting and because of the – the just the novelty of all of it at that time i think i just probably will never get that part out of my head sure yeah uh, picard picard was really good come in the end at the end of those those seasons mm-hmm. you know i thought he was fantastic i don't know i probably rank this guy up there in the maybe the top three my daughter will kill me because i don't rank cisco <laughs> up there Right, Cisco's not up there. That's, that was a big yeah, one you just mentioned. Yeah, Cisco's a big, big one, and you know, but he he got so I, you mentioned it earlier with the religion and all that stuff. It was fine. Like I, you know, I was a religious studies major, so I enjoyed all of that kind of stuff. But right, but it was a little mushy a lot of the times, and not with the prophet, not stuff, the right. captain, and the you know, like, and it was just too mushy sometimes. But right. you know, I like this so, guy making decisions operating, and managing. So yeah. Yeah. You know, this guy I, appeals I, to me personally, so I think that's why I'm ranking him a little. Yeah, higher. I don't, I don't know if so. I've said this uh, this succinctly on the show, but for me, his his captain character is it strikes just the right balance between uh, a confident without being arrogant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of the yeah. time, yeah. where I agree. Kirk was full on arrogant, right? Yeah, yeah. right, uh, for sure. Right. right. I mean, look how he sits in the chair every time, right? <laughs> It, yeah, but which one would which would which one do we want to be? The one making out with gorgeous aliens or the guy who's a really good manager? Right, right, right. I I, yeah. I would mm. say I for me, now everything could change because they could be like, Oh, it's a mirror universe and he's actually an evil guy. They can do that, right? Well, you know, but then they, they did that. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> we don't know yet, right? It could happen. Um but as it stands today, I actually put him as number my number two. I think that uh 
Yeah. Picard's number one, and he's at he's at a solid number two, which is yeah. saying a lot. Because I think like all the I think guys. I'm Top kind three, of in the yeah. same place. I've I've said this on the show, but when I first got into Star Trek, um, you know, as I said, I I really enjoyed the original series, though it was a long time before I had the availability to even see all of it. Um, and I really liked Spock, like sure you know, mm-hmm. for for a variety of reasons. His his you know calm controlled stoic approach to things um and so yeah i think for me for me it's it's probably similar i don't know that i could rank them specifically i've not seen enough of the older stuff to really have a clear picture and of course this is fresh so it has a little bit of a bias there sure um Mm -hmm. see i even put honestly i put i like janeway better than kirk I Kirk, I like Kirk. I because for all the reasons Chris said, but I liked Janeway a lot. Yeah. At the end, no, I thought she, she. Yeah, at the end, I think they always got better near the end, and right. Uh, they're well. There's so much character to them at that point, right? They could pull right. from all of that. Yeah. So. so much, right? Definitely. Yeah, so, all right. Cool. Well, I I think that we uh, we did good. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming on this week, man. Sure, it was my pleasure. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. And don't forget, guys, to look up the combine and check it out. And uh, uh, is it Humanetrix? Human Human Humanetrix. The Humanetrix Foundation. Human. Yeah, it's like like stupid pet tricks. It's Humanetrix. Humanetrix. <laughs> can, can you spell it so that we can Google that? H uh, U M A N E T R I X. Humanetrix Foundation and the, and, and the combine in Bloomington, Indiana. So yeah, I'll put combine. links by the by the time uh, this episode goes up. The conference this year will be over but uh next year if you're an entrepreneur or a coder or live in or around bloomington you should check it out it's a good time yeah and i'm sure they, they have some resources online that you can always check out some of the things from the past and and see humanetrics today and what they're doing what they're up to and, so. and check out all the marketing usually has dennis in it oh it does have dennis in it yeah you can. <laughs> dennis is in our marketing every I'm, year I'm he, he's, he's their model video. he's their pro model you guys need to get a picture and see he's this guy's this guy's sexy. He's the celebrity <laughs> model is what you have now, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> he is. I don't know how he gets in it, but every year he gets into the marketing. It's like, oh, there's Dennis. That's funny. All right. That is the wrong note. I want this one. <laughs> That's my my Klingon's Dragons notes. We we didn't I think we were gonna talk about that, but we did. Oh yeah, we, we have a, a our captain Chris with us. We didn't even talk about. It. Well, we've got a lot of things we we talked about. So I'm, that's true. I'm happy with our our but discussion. But it might there. be like a 30 minute like discussion about how Fox went off his rocker. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Lot, lot, lots of, lots of discussions about that. We'll, we'll we'll have to have. You know what? We, actually, what we should do, Dennis, is we should have all the guys on the show. We should try to have have a, a front porch episode and discussing the the meta, the behind the scenes stuff of Klingons. Yeah, Dennis. maybe. Um... I don't know because the the airing schedule for Klingons and Dragons is so far behind us actually playing. Right. So if if people are listening to both, they would get spoilers if they listen after we finish this. Right. I think well, this we can watch well, we, like the season finale. So right. What we can do is we can have a a Klingons and Dragons uh, hosted by or you know the by the front porch people. Mm. So that would that that'd be cool. Oh, so yeah, we'll, we'll do like we'll, we'll have to have a time where we talk about it with the guys. Yeah, be, yeah for sure. That'd be good. Okay. You've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode 84. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News. If you like movies, they've got uh, film headlines, previews in glorious podcast form. Check them out. Glorious. That's what Fox calls it. Uh, That's right. If you like Star Trek or role-playing and 
particularly Star Trek role playing. You can check out our other show that I just and, mentioned, and Klingons and Dragons.com. Lots of, lots of mom jokes. Lots mom, of mom jokes. It's not safe for work. Not even a little? Uh, no. <laughs> if, not a little. If you have <laughs> not, questions not or comments on the show, if you're playing along at home with our 2020 100 movie challenge, uh, you can email us frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or head over to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. We got contact forms there. We got the schedule list of the 100 movies, which Mikey didn't ask me. You forgot to ask oh, me about next yeah, what, week. What are we next watching week, next week? We're jumping Dennis? the schedule and uh, we're watching Breakfast at Tiffany's, the Audrey Hepburn. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like, I love some old shows. You know, we watched uh, Vertigo and it it didn't tweak me the right way i, yeah, I but you, i liked breakfast at tiffany you, so i'm excited you hated it you're basically a mortal enemy of uh, hate is not that's such a strong <laughs> word dennis jeez What's so wrong? Is, is you've got mail on that list oh i hope so i like that movie it might be because it's it's just a redo right hey, of breakfast what at tiffany's shop. oh breakfast at tiffany's you oh shop, no shop, shop you're right the yeah shop so around the sh- corner that's right yeah you say you want you yeah. shut your dirty mouth it's not a remake of no some they made they remade Breakfast at Tiffany's too. I'll remember what it is in a minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. For the front porch. Night. See you next time. See ya.